Hi, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Hormonal Mama podcast. Today on the show, I have Dr. Elizabeth Wigan, pharmacist and functional nutrition expert. Today, we're talking about so many things, including the gut-brain connection, but more than anything, and I think the most important thing, we're talking about advocating for yourself. When you're having pain, when you're having discomfort, or really when you're just having a concern about something, but your concerns are being ignored. This is such a common issue that we all run into. And today we're talking about Elizabeth's personal experience with being ignored when she's in pain. And when you advocate for yourself, the amazing difference that that can make. So stick around. We'll be right back. And we've got a great episode for you. Elizabeth, welcome to the Hormonal Mama podcast. I am psyched to have you here today. So welcome. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much. Hi, Kara. I'm really excited for our conversation today. It's going to be a good one. It sure is. <laughs> I'm psyched too, because I, I think all of the things that we're going to talk about today are just topics that aren't talked about enough. And I'm just psyched that that's what we're doing. So let's jump in. Let's talk about it. You know, our, our big topic today, we really want to talk about postpartum depression. But <clears throat> with that in mind, there's a lot surrounding it and your mm-hmm. own experience that, you know, really has sort of brought you to where you are now. So I think, I think that's a really good place to start is talking before we jump into anything else. Let's talk about your experience you know, I know you had said that your first labor and delivery were kind of the the triggers for all of this. So let's talk about it. Tell me a little bit about that. Okay. So for my first labor and delivery, I would call it a traumatic experience. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, I ended up, my water broke first. So I was having really intense contractions, like right from the very beginning of the whole shebang Mm -hmm. and labor went on for 23 hours. Like it was a long time, it was a long time, long time, but, but typical, I guess, for like a newborn, um, or your firstborn, sorry. Um, so I ended up opting in for an epidural. Like I wasn't, I wanted to try to do it without, but I was giving myself the grace to say, okay, if it's too intensive pain, then I will definitely do an epidural. Mm -hmm. And that's what I did. And what ended up happening to me was the epidural failed immediately. It was immediate. Um, I had, when they inserted the epidural into my back, I had intense pain in my shoulders and my neck, mm. like it locked up my muscles. And then, you know, I asked him like, listen, this is what's going on. Is this normal? And the anesthesiologist assured me that everything was fine. And I'm like, okay. So then a few, I don't even know how long time went on. And I started getting a really intense headache and what ended up happening was I ended up with a severe spinal headache the entire time I was in labor, which for those listening, that's where your spinal fluid leaks out of your brain. And then your brain is sitting on your spinal cord and causing major pressure, major pressure. Um, And so that was all going on. I kept it you know, saying I'm, I'm in pain and I was being ignored and it was, it was hard. And my husband's like, you know, he's trying to do the best he can to support me during all this. And it was, it was hard. Um, and then by the end of it, my daughter had to be vacuum extracted because yeah, she was turned in a weird position and her arm was up and she was not coming out. And she said, I'm staying here. Thanks. Yeah, exactly. Which, I mean, it kind of like explains her personality in a way. Like she, yeah, yeah, she's super intense and like, she's stubborn. And like, if she's got her mindset on something, she's doing it. So, you know, there's like the beauty in that, which, you know, I see now. Um, But my experience was, I'm going to say horrible, horrendous, awful. 
because I wasn't being listened to and my pain was being ignored. Um, I hear that so, so often. Yeah. And it's really, it's really sad. It is so sad. You know, and I, I ended up not being able to lift my arms over my head. Mm -hmm. Um, it was that intensive pain, like in my neck and in my shoulders. And it took, I can't remember like a day for one of the nurses to come in and talk with me. And she's like, I think you have a spinal headache. She's like, we're going to lay you down and see if the pain goes away. Because I was given everything under the sun, like Ketorolac, which is like a more intense ibuprofen. I was given Vicodin. I'm like, is this safe? Because I'm nursing, right? They assured me it was safe. So I'm like, okay, like this pain has to go. I couldn't hold my baby. I couldn't take care of her. Like this has to, this has to stop. And I kept being told that I'm fine. And you know, you're not. And I know I'm not. So anyway, this nurse lays me down and I was, I was scared to death to lay down because I'm like, I don't know if this is going to help. And my pain is at like on a scale of one to 10, it's like a 20 and she lays me down and the pain dissipates completely gone. So she diagnosed me with it. And then they had to come back in and do, it's called a blood, um, a blood patch. Mm -hmm. So they have to draw blood from your arm, do another epidural essentially and inject the blood into your your spine so that the, the blood can patch the hole that's going on in your, in your cerebrospinal fluid. And yeah, so that's kind of like where that all started. Um, I mean, it's mind boggling to me more than mm -hmm. anything. I mean, the whole thing, but Mm -hmm. that your pain was ignored for so long and everyone telling you you're fine. And that's such a common theme Especially is something that, at least in my experience, you know, professionally and personally, when it comes to pregnancy and giving birth. Yeah. Just, and I don't understand it. It's not like women just started giving birth recently. Right. You know, and, right. and, it, and when you really break down the simplest aspect of giving birth, I mean, there's going to be pain anyway, but when you uh-huh. have complications and things that happen every day to millions and millions and millions of women worldwide how is it always ignored I'm sorry to go on a tangent there and no it just you're not interrupting me I I know I just I couldn't believe it and needless to say I ended up I ended up talking to human resources and reporting this anesthesiologist and yeah and they um they're like well we know your case and I said oh you do because they had talked to the nurses about it. I'm like, this is what happens. This is what's going on. They're like, this is wrong. You should be taken care of. So they must have said something. Anyway, he got, he was, he was fired. Wow. Wow. But that's <laughs> yeah. good. It's good because you can't do it to any, any more women. Exactly. For whoever else. Oh, how awful. How awful to, to, to go through something like that, be ignored for so long. The good part though, like you said, is, is someone listened, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And what's frustrating to me as an outsider, looking at this objectively is that, Hey, like you said, it took an entire day. That kind of pain shouldn't last for more than five minutes until someone takes you seriously and says, something isn't right here. No Mm -hmm. one sits in that kind of pain and is just like, I'm having a little bit of pain here. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, I'm glad that, that you did go to, you know, human resources because a lot of women, unfortunately, are too afraid to say something or they think, well, they didn't take me seriously. So I guess I, you know, I was overreacting rather than the reality, which is something extremely terrifying, traumatic, and, you know, all of these things is going on. Yeah. Yeah. So side note, I'm a huge supporter of being your own advocate or having someone who can advocate for you because unfortunately the way that our healthcare is set up you you have to because it's a it's a 
I almost want to call it like cattle. I don't know, herding cattle. Like they just want to see as many people as they possibly can because that's how they're getting paid. Right. And it's sad and it shouldn't be that way. So right. you definitely need someone and, and yourself because you need to trust your intuition and you need to trust your heart and your gut on your own health definitely. because you can't rely on one single person anymore. Absolutely. And, you know, I'm really glad that you just said, you know, when you're talking about advocating for yourself, right, it's a struggle for some reason. I say that I've been, Mm -hmm. you know, in that position of not advocating for myself because everyone, and and I'll give you an example. And my example is not related to pregnancy at all. I, when I was 22, I was taking a yoga class and I'm the type of person who pushes myself further than I should. And I always end up getting hurt. And that's, that's my issue. (laughs) I can't blame on anybody, but Uh, I was doing, um, Cobra pose, right. Laying on my stomach and pushing up and something happened in my back. And I, I remember the face I made, I went and I couldn't move. And I was, I've never experienced pain like that. And I kept saying, somebody needs to call 911. Somebody needs to call 911. And everyone's like, I don't think anyone needs to call 911. You're doing yoga. You just pushed yourself a little too far. And I was like, I can't move right now. Somebody needs to call 911. And nobody listened to me. And I was young and I was like, okay. But I mean, I'm like, I can't stand up right now. And they were like, you'll be fine in a few minutes. And the reason I bring this up is because this started eight years of severe, severe lower back pain that would, well, debilitate me usually for about a week. It would happen. And I'd be like, this is that same pain I had in that yoga class. And I wouldn't be able to stand. I went on a a trip with my boyfriend at the time to Hawaii. And I, whatever happened, happened the night before we left. I spent the first two days of our trip in a wheelchair because I couldn't stand yet still nobody would take me seriously. And it wasn't until my husband, um, Mm -hmm. who was not my husband at the time, he was my boyfriend. And it was a Friday night and we were like getting ready to plan some like fun thing that we were going to do. And this was about, this is 2022. So this was about 12 years ago. Mm -hmm. And something happened where I was suddenly, I I crashed to the floor and I was in tears. And he was like, what's the matter? And I was like, "I, I can't stand up. I couldn't stop crying. He's like, all right, well, let's get in the car and go to the hospital. And my first thought was, wait, what? Someone, someone's telling me I'm not overreactive. I was talking, what? wait, yeah. I had spent years going to my doctor. She kept telling me it was fibromyalgia. It was arthritis. It's this, it's that. Mm. It went into the emergency room. They were giving me pain medication. Nothing was helping until finally on, I think my third day, they had admitted me to the hospital because I couldn't feel my legs. I couldn't do anything. Finally did an MRI, discovered I had a herniated disc. Yeah, that was the cause of all of it. For the past eight years, for eight years, nobody listened to me. My doctor, who was a woman, didn't listen to me. And I know we all know our bodies. And I tell you that, you know, that's believe it or not, that's the abbreviated version of the story. That's the thing is, it took me so many years of everyone just shooting me down my own doctor. Mm-hmm. My mom, you know, it, it's, it seems to be a genetic issue in my family because my mom had had the same thing happen when I was 17 and I saw it happen to her. I heard mm-hmm. her pain. I saw her not be able to stand up. I saw my dad take her to the emergency room. I saw all this, all this stuff happen. And it's just so mind boggling to me that it took eight years until my husband, who wasn't even <laughs> my husband at the time, saw me in that pain and was like, let's get you right to the emergency room behind because yeah. something's not right here. And anyway, I just, again, I just share that because advocating for yourself, you have to. Mm-hmm. And I didn't advocate enough for myself. I believed yeah. everyone telling me, I shouldn't say, I didn't believe that they were telling me I was okay, but I trusted what they were. Yes, doing. that's the thing. You, you're putting your trust in this person or these people and if you're not satisfied with the answers that you're getting p.s you don't have to continue to to go to that doctor to go to whatever it is you're not happy with you need to find the right fit right yes and 
man, we're, we could talk about that too. <laughs> I, I was just thinking about that. That could be a whole nother podcast interview because you wouldn't believe how many people have told me a similar story. The, the underlying tone is they're not being listened to. They're not being cared for in the right way. Exactly. Exactly. And so kind of to, I guess, go back to my story here, I ended up after I got out of the hospital, I almost forgot. I, um, we, we got to go home and, you know, caring for the baby. I was put on, um, Fearset, which is a medication Mm -hmm. for migraines, Mm -hmm. um, to help with my spinal headache, just make sure everything was okay in case it came back because it should heal on its own but in my case it was just a really um, severe form of it Um, and then three days later I had to go back because the blood patch failed and I had to go back and do it again oh my goodness come on lord and that I mean I can't believe what you went through it was I mean I believe it but you know what I mean it was hard. And, you know, I didn't get that bonding time in that I needed with right. her, with Nora. That's my, my firstborn. Love that name. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that really impacted my, my mental health. And I didn't realize it at the time. I thought maybe I was just like having a, you know, being a new mom, getting used to the new schedule. Everything is brand new. Right. And I was having issues with really bad insomnia. I wasn't sleeping. And I, you know, again, I'm like, well, that's probably just normal. I have a newborn baby. Um, I was having problems where I would wake up in the middle of the night thinking that something was wrong with her and she's sleeping soundly next to me, but, you know, just full panic, like throwing my body out of bed, like Mm. levitating out of my bed. (laughs) (laughs) to check on her and um you know it went it went on for that went on for a few months I would say um and I had all the support in the world like my husband is phenomenal I he had a lot of bonding time with her during the time when I couldn't hold her so like their relationship still is like so so strong such a strong bond and it's really beautiful it's so touching to hear yeah it really is um so I forgot where I was going with that but <laughs> like I apologize I'm just like thinking about them and how cute they are and, and it takes <laughs> over know. you know I get that I do I understand but that's so wonderful because you know something I just want to interject something here that you were just talking about that I think is another one of these things that's so important is that bonding that, Mm -hmm. you know, I I feel like people talk about it a lot, which is great, but gosh, until you're really experiencing that. And, you know, my, my story is completely different. My kids were born Mm -hmm. early. They were in the NICU. Mm -hmm. I had major breastfeeding issues and there was so much going on. I had a similar Again, it's completely different. I didn't have that trauma like you were experiencing, but different kind of trauma. But Mm -hmm. I had that lack of bonding with my babies. You know, my son had the nasal cannula on for like a Mm -hmm. week. And so like I if I held him, I couldn't even see I didn't know what he looked like until like a week old. I mean, luckily it was Father's Day when they took it off and it was a very big deal, but Cool. It, that lack of bonding really yeah. it messes with you and you don't realize that mm-hmm. until you're going through that and you're experiencing mm-hmm. that inability to bond with your child and that affects everything I mean that's just oh I can't I can't think of a, a word to describe it because I'm not sure there is one <laughs> you yeah. know that that yeah it's oh. yeah it's like a a longing you know you just it's a desire it's it's innate it's natural like you I just think about skin to skin and how important that is like that's part of the bonding process and I wasn't really able to to do that and I feel like that kind of like led me down this 
path of anxiety. And then, um, yeah, so I had support, like my, I have my husband, I have my family, I have my sisters, and it took me talking with my cousin who just had a baby, like right before I did, mm. who told me, you know, her experiences. And I'm like, okay, there's that communal bond. There's that bond of motherhood. I'm like, oh my gosh, I have someone that like feels this. And then her husband and my husband can relate to one another. So like, that was, that was kind of a little bit of a turning point for me. But then I had to go back to work after like eight weeks after her being born. Mm. And um, I was a pharmacy manager and it was, it was a busy, busy pharmacy. I was by myself and the conditions for me to pump at work were subpar. And um, it was just pretty awful, but I didn't realize it. I just, I'm like, well, this is part of the job. This is what I have to do, right? And I went through the motions with that and I continued to pump and breastfeed her till she was a year old. And that's when, like, once I stopped breastfeeding, it was almost like, cause I wasn't so focused on that, I think. And I had a little bit more time. It was almost like, a light bulb went off and I'm sitting there. I'm like, I think I have, I have postpartum depression because there, there was like this identity crisis almost that I had where I didn't know who I was anymore because I'm like, okay, I'm a mom, but I'm a pharmacist and I'm a wife and I'm all these things. I'm wearing all these hats and it's like, but who, who am I really? Who am I on the inside? You know? And it just, everything started coming together. Everything started clicking. And um, that's kind of when I started this whole journey into my business today. And amongst other things that, (laughs) other things happened with my second um, pregnancy, but had to do more so with mistreatment in the workplace. I hear a lot of that too. Yeah. And it's disheartening that women are treated in a way where they aren't valued. And where, for me, I just felt like I was um, lesser of a person because I decided to like breastfeed because I was pumping at work. And that's, I say that because of words and actions that were, done to me or said to me um and and then I ended up having to go into um the hospital after my second born as well because I had mastitis so yeah so severe Mm. I had to be hospitalized and then at that point I was like that's it enough I've had enough I'm alone in this hospital room it's like three days before Thanksgiving this is in 2019 And I decided that I needed to put myself first. I needed to take care of myself. I needed to set aside my career in a sense. Mm -hmm. Like I was still working, but I knew that I needed to get out of there because it was toxic for me and my family. And that's not okay at all. No, no. That right there, that's advocating for yourself. Mm -hmm. Seeing it and realizing can't do this anymore. And that's hard. It's hard to make that decision. But man, to me, when you can be so empowered to say, I'm done with this. Mm -hmm. I deserve better. My family deserves better. That's huge. That's powerful. And for you, you know, seeing the light, if you will, for lack of better words, (laughs) (laughs) hard to see it. It's hard to say, okay, Mm -hmm. I'm going to leave this this toxic environment and I'm going to, I'm going to do something meaningful, which you're doing now, which is incredible. Yeah. Actually tell me a little bit about what your business is now, what, you know, what you do for women. I know we talked a little bit before, before we started recording about your group program flourish about your gut health masterclass, Mm -hmm. you know, tell me about those. Tell me what, what it is that 
I mean, gosh, I want to ask you, why are you so passionate about what you do? Well, I know that now. <laughs> I don't need to yeah. ask that because I feel it. I hear it. And you've been through so much that's brought you to where you are now. So let's yeah. talk a little bit about, about that in, in your business. Sure. Yeah. So Flourish to me is everything that a woman, a mother could possibly need in their life. Mm-hmm. Um, I do a lot of mindset work and I do mindset is key. Mindset is key. Love mindset. So it's it is it's a 12-week program and we really dig deep. We work together, like I said, with mindset. We do gut health education because that's super important when we're talking about regulating hormones mm-hmm. and also um, just regulating your body entirely. To me, gut health is like the number one when you start looking at like treating someone so to speak treating Mm -hmm. quote unquote um alongside mindset because they are connected Mm -hmm. brain and mind or brain and gut are connected absolutely and then you know I dig into nutrition and we focus heavily on leading a lifestyle around making your calories count, not counting your calories because yes. that doesn't matter. Nope. And doesn't work. And anyway. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It, it does not. Nope. And just really nourishing and healing your body and feeding it the way that it was meant to be fed. I love how <laughs> you just said that. I don't mean to yell, but I'm excited because that's exactly right. Yes. Wow. Yes. That's so awesome. Yeah. And I mean, there's a lot of other things that I do within there. I, I do movement recommendations and then also supplement recommendations. And I incorporate lab work into there as well, just so I can get an idea of, you know, I do a gut health panel and then a nutrient panel to see if there's any deficiencies going on. Um, That's key. Yeah. Yeah. And so I practice functional medicine and functional nutrition, and that's, looking at someone as a whole person, right? Because we've decided in Western medicine to compartmentalize our body systems, but (laughs) you can't do that. No, no, they all work together. They all work together and your cells communicate. So you have to, you have to treat a person as such. And that's why I incorporate so many factors into my program because it's all essential. Yes. Yes. Girl, I get really <laughs> like intensely excited about that because that is, in my opinion, the key, you know, something mm-hmm. just, I, I, this is just a side note, something that I learned a really long time ago when I was a brand new student in massage therapy school, I was 21. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause oh, look at that. 20 years in March. It'll be 20 years in March since I graduated. Yay. I believe that blows my mind. Wow, that's really crazy. But that was one of the things that I learned. And I was young, you know, 21 years old, you're still new everything. And all I had ever known about was Western medicine. I never knew anything about Eastern medicine. I just didn't, you know, not not for any specific reason. But as I was going through massage school, I was like, huh, you know, learning about the body systems, understanding them, but not just each one understanding how they all work together to create this organism. You know what I mean? It's not, Mm -hmm. oh, I don't know. It's mm, see, I'm like, I can't make words happen right now because it blows my (laughs) mind that all this stuff is not something that we are taught when we're young that I feel like we should be, you know, I, Mm -hmm. I just feel like when I was a kid and I was in elementary school, the middle school and high school, and we had health class and we had, you know, science class and we're learning about the body. That's fantastic. I learned so much as a kid. I was mm-hmm. also lucky because my dad was a dentist. My mom was an artist. So I kind of had an interesting upbringing. Yeah. Around. Like they worked together. Yeah. Right. You know, I had the science from my dad and I had the abstract from my mom, mm-hmm. kind of how I like to look at it. And it's just somehow in massage school that just changed it all for me though and really tied everything together and and I think it's just so beautiful that that's the approach that you have 
is, thank you. you know, that, that holistic is such a broad term, even though it's mm-hmm. not, you know what I mean? But yeah. when you talk about um, functional medicine, you know, that that's functional medicine is something I've only learned about really within this past year. I've spoken mm-hmm. with various functional medicine practitioners doing different types of things. And gosh, like, why isn't this a bigger field? Why isn't this something that more people do? So I think it is fantastic and incredible that you do the, I'm I'm over here taking notes. You probably see my screen shaking every so often because I'm very excited (laughs) when I write. And here I am taking all these notes because I think it's so cool that, how can I word it? You know, the first thing you mentioned was mindset, which is, Mm -hmm. gosh, something that I've learned if you're not working on your mindset, you might as well just not do anything. I mean, that sounds dramatic and I don't really know. No, but it's, no, it's not. I just can agree with you. I feel like that's the first thing. But what I think is so fantastic is that you do this blood work, that you do Mm -hmm. the gut um, panel and the nutrient panel, because those are important. Those are very important. And, And another thing, I just, again, I'm like, so excited here. You were talking about (laughs) gut health, how the gut and the brain are connected. And I'm, what am I trying to say? I'm like flabbergasted that it seems that this is a new thing that people are talking about when it's, it shouldn't be a new thing. It should be just logic. Yeah. Not saying like, well, you should just know. I don't mean that. What I mean by that is Again, I feel like this is just something that people should be educated about when they're young. Because I feel yes. like if you learn about this when you're a young person or even just a child and you're in school learning these things, how much healthier would so many of us be in general? Forget about the specifics, okay. just in general. Other things are going to happen in life. You can't avoid that. But oh, okay, here I am going on and on and on. No. I'm so excited to hear that this is what you do. <laughs> you know, yeah. I just think it's incredible. Well, I love your excitement because I feel the same way. Like, this is what I want my girls to learn. Mm -hmm. This is how I want them to understand how to be not healthy, well, healthy, but like be well, right? Yes. And it's just, things will have to start changing. And the only way to do that is to start talking about it, which is what you're doing here, right? Yep. And this movement of functional medicine has been a long time coming. And I honestly feel as though the pandemic, I know I'm sure you've like, maybe this has come up on your podcast, but (laughs) the pandemic has awakened so many people in different ways. Oh, yes. In different ways, right? Absolutely. It's been a time of introspection yes and it's been a time of also reflection it's been a time for people to mourn as well um but also there's this piece that there's like this light to me and like I said people are people are waking up people are like okay well maybe I need to slow down Mm-hmm. maybe what's the most important thing is to take care of myself. Yes. You know, be with my family. Those are the things that matter. Yes. And, and being happy in your life and being healthy and just. You are speaking all. my language. Yeah. You are, because that's, you know, even on a personal note, you're mm-hmm. absolutely right. Pandemic has completely changed my life. Me too. In both bad and good ways. You know, for me, the good is that, I have the opportunity to work from home, you with my children, my husband, because he has severe, severe asthma. um, Mm -hmm. And he has a very strange type of asthma that developed later in life that he was super high risk. Well, I guess he still is with COVID, but he couldn't work because he was a teacher, but he was working at CVS where they were starting to do testing and all of this stuff. And I was like, you can't, you can't work. In the beginning of the pandemic, Ooh. I cannot go in. You have to be home. I'm not taking yeah. that. We were living, you know, we're living in my parents' house. My parents are in their 70s. You know, obviously the variants have changed things, but in the beginning, 
Mm-hmm. I couldn't risk my parents or my children or my husband. Mm-hmm. I was the only one who wasn't high risk. Yeah. And so for me, in a way, it gave my husband and I the opportunity to be home with our children, watch them grow mm-hmm. up. And that was huge. I mean, I think that's huge for anyone, but we had gone through such a lengthy, complicated infertility battle thinking we were mm. never going to be parents. And here we mm. have an opportunity to be with our children every day and watch them grow up. But yeah. gosh, I, on the other side of it, I started an, a new business. I mean, I, I had yeah. business before the pandemic, but I'm a massage therapist. Can't see clients right now. What am I going to do? Mm-hmm. I started a podcast, like all of these things. I agree with you as my convoluted way yeah. Saying you're absolutely no, right. I think I think that's beautiful. I think so too. Yeah. So, as sad as I am that this horrible thing has happened and taken so many lives that yeah. just didn't need to end, I try and look at the positive, mm-hmm. or else I think I'll probably go crazy if I don't. <laughs> yeah, and just seeing that it has brought out so many wonderful things at the same time, you know, like, like, like you were saying, it has awakened us Mm -hmm. to so much, to so Mm. many things. I want to change course for a couple of minutes here. Yeah, sure. I want to ask you some fun stuff that I like to ask all of my guests. Um, I'm super curious what your answers Mm -hmm. are here. So I've got two questions. I will give you them both and you can answer in any order you'd like. My first question is who are three people who have had the most influence who you've found most inspirational in your life? They can be anybody because okay. inspiration comes from places we don't always expect. And sometimes it comes from places we do expect. And then the second question, and this one I really love, and it's really weird, <laughs> but I love it. If you could have, I always use dinner party as the example, but it's really any, if you don't like dinner parties, some people don't, and that's fine whatever activity or something where you can be with other people, three, Mm. I'm going to say people, but I don't necessarily mean people. They can be anything. They can be things. They don't have to be people. Whoever, who or whatever that you Uh invite to this dinner party or whatever, who would those three, I'm going to say people in quotes, who would Mm -hmm. they be and why? So the floor is yours. I'm very interested to hear your answers. Okay, so this top three people that have inspired me. So can I can I do like a two for one because they're yes. kind of like a unit? Yes, okay. I hear people ask that all the time. Absolutely. Okay, absolutely. So def- I'm very flexible. <laughs> cool, cool. Glad we're not hard on our rules. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> so definitely my parents because mm-hmm. they've helped like shaped me shaped me into the woman I am today you know I have my dad who who I like to I like how you describe the your parents like science and abstract so he's like very logical and he's a businessman so I have I have him and my mother who is very creative and like just supported my sisters and I to be ourselves. And that's, that was huge. That's like the groundwork, the core of who I am. That's so awesome. Yeah. I'm very blessed to have two parents that are amazing. Um, and then second person I'm going to say is my husband Mm. because he, he is a business oriented person as well and always dreaming and finding ways to be an entrepreneur and always wanting to have growth mindset in his life. And Mm. I wasn't to that point in my life. Like I was going through pharmacy school, but he was doing these other things and talking to me about them. Like, yeah, okay. Okay. That's really cool. But I got to study. You know what I mean? (laughs) Totally know what you mean. (laughs) 100%. Yeah. And then, you know, graduating from pharmacy school, I wanted nothing to do with like educating myself further after a certain point. Cause I just was, I had had it at that point, mm-hmm. burned out with studying, but then thank God for that, that he is the way he is and spoke to me on those things. Because once I had my like awakening, 
-hmm. in that hospital room, that's when growth mindset was huge for me. And that's how I started healing my body and, and changing, changing my trajectory. So yes, he, and he supports me infinitely, which is amazing. It is. I um, love that. I can relate to that. And that's yeah. powerful when your partner supports you to that extent, oh, everything. I love hearing that. Yeah. He's an amazing man. I love it. Um, and then the third person, this is hard for me because I've recently been in contact with several women who have lifted me up. Mm -hmm. Take your time. I understand. I know how powerful that is. So take your time because that's huge. It really is. It is. It absolutely is. And life-changing. So like yes. I said, take your time. Yes. Just breathe. It is huge. It's okay. Let it out because if there's one thing that I've learned in this life, emotions are the most important thing we have, I believe. Yeah. And I'm an ultra-emotional person. I'm, I'm, I am I, too. I, I'm like... Seeing you seeing your tears right now and and hearing what you're talking about you can't really see it probably because my light is so bright in my face but <laughs> tears in my eyes right now my eyes are kind of stinging because I can feel why you're emotional about it and you haven't even said yeah. it yet that's the thing I get it and yeah. it, it's an important thing to be able to feel those emotions it is for sure and you know what it's so funny because like <laughs> The person I'm going to say, if she listens to this, which I'm sure she will, because she's awesome. Um, she's been like, oh, yeah, that's Elizabeth. She's crying because I'm just a cry. <laughs> That's me. Yes, it overcomes me. And like, it doesn't matter if it's happy or sad. Like, yep. I will just start crying. Absolutely. <laughs> Preaching to the choir over here. Oh, I, oh I, I cry so much. The kids when I was little, because I, I was like this when I was little and I was super emotional, mm -hmm. anything happy, the tears are pouring yeah. out of my face and kids always called me Niagara Falls, which I didn't laugh <laughs> about then because I thought it was mean. And now as I'm older, I'm like, yep, that's me. I'm mm -hmm. like one big teardrop. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can relate. Oh, oh my goodness. goodness. It's a powerful, oh. wonderful thing being emotional. I'm glad, I'm glad that I have someone who... <laughs> can feel that with me <laughs> absolutely oh my gosh I can't even uh, begin to explain I so mm -hmm. get it that's mm -hmm. awesome I'm glad that it's <laughs> so powerful it is yeah my well so my third my third person who's inspired me is her name's Rebecca Cafiero mm -hmm. and she came into my life actually this summer and she's my business coach now. Mm, nice. Very. And I've learned so much from her, but she, she doesn't only focus on business. She focuses on you as a person too, which is huge. Yes. You know, is huge. Definitely. Um, like take, you know, taking care of yourself so that you can take care of your business in the right way. Yes. So she's been a major blessing in my life. Like, yes incredible I love it. huge huge and she's very giving and just gracious and I love people like that yeah they're hard to find like that's what's weird though it's like they're hard to find but there's also so many more people who have that kind of soul than we realize mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's what makes yeah. it frustrating that they're so hard to find yeah you have to so I was kind of reflecting on this and like, I don't know, I don't know what you believe in. Like you believe in God, if you believe in the universe, if you believe in whatever, you have to be open to like experiencing signs that God or the universe is giving you. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I do. And for me, it's kind of like the introduction to her and then just the progression that I've had 
being, you know, being able to work with her Mm -hmm. has allowed me to become who I am meant to be. And also powerful. (laughs) I feel like I'm going to cry right now because what you just chills because it's just, I don't mean to interrupt. I'm sorry. I'm just so touched by what you're saying. Thank you. Yeah. I I mean, there's always communication between you and whatever higher power you believe in. You just have to, you have to look, you have to keep your eyes open, keep your heart open. Yes. Keep your heart open. I'm gonna make a note of that because you are correct. Because if you don't, how can you, I can't think of the right word, but I get what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Stumble over my words if I try. You have to be able to receive. Like that's how you receive is is through your heart. Yes. That should be your tagline or or (laughs) phrase or something because man, that is true. Mm -hmm. Well, those are, you know, I always want to say, oh, what great people you chose. And that's such a silly answer because like this is such a personal question, but I also, I think it's such a fun way to, well, to get to know yourself, not just for me or our audience to get to know you, but I, I feel like asking yourself these questions really like you dig so deep and you, you do learn so much about yourself, which is why I like asking the other question too, because yeah. it's like, these questions are so different, but, mm-hmm. but they, they kind of walk the same wavelength in a way. But the second one is more fun, fun, yeah. but not always. I've had people invite the same inspirational people to their dinner party. I've mm-hmm. had people invite spirits to their dinner party. I've had people invite animated characters. <laughs> I, I asked myself the questions and I invited a dragonfly to my dinner party. That's a fun so, one. I like dragonflies. Dragonflies. They're like part of my soul. So for yeah. me, I was like, yes, I'm going to have a dragonfly. But it's just, it's really fun to think about also. Mm-hmm. So who would, who would your three people slash beings slash objects be? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh gosh. This is such a good question. It really okay. is. I'm glad you like it. People I do. Because... Like this question, which makes me happy. Yeah. Well, if you think about it, like dinner party, well, I want to, I want to be around people that I can pick their brain. Right. So, and then also have a good laugh. Mm-hmm. Um, so <laughs> I definitely would have Eliza Schlesinger. She's a comedian. Mm-hmm. I love her. Have you <laughs> heard of her? I have it. I'm writing it down right now. So I can look her up because I'm huge. I like, you like comedy. comedy? Have to get through life. Yes. So sure. I'll have to look her up for sure. So I would have her. She's also an intellectual. So she's not only funny, she's really freaking smart. Those are the people I really <laughs> like. They're yes. my favorite. <laughs> yes. So I would have That's her cool. because we could have some fun banter back and forth with everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, I would also have, oh my gosh, this is like really hard. <laughs> I know. I um, really know what people think with this one. <laughs> yeah. So I would have, oh, picking brains. There's a lot of brains I'd want to pick. Seriously. I get I, it. I do. I think um Tom Bilio. Oh, I know him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really I follow like, him. His podcast is really good. Yeah. Um, his wife too. His wife, yeah. They're both so incredible. Mm-hmm. I love their message. Yeah, me too. And he's had the opportunity to interview a lot of really interesting people. So I'd love to pick his brain. Um, let's see who else. Who else at my <laughs> dinner party? I know it's so hard. You think, oh yeah, that's easy. And then when you think about it, you're like, oh, there's a lot of people I want to invite to my dinner party. How do I invite three? How do you invite three? It's hard. I know. Mm-hmm. I think the third one. Gosh, I don't know. Well, I'm thinking like, okay, someone in the functional medicine space would be really awesome to have. Totally. I'd probably have to say Dr. Mark Hyman. Mm-hmm. He's I know one him of the, too. Yeah. He's one of like the big proponents of functional medicine. Yeah. So I would say that would be my dinner party. That and would we be would, 
awesome dinner. Party. Probably be somewhere nice and warm, like having dinner on the beach. <laughs> yes, that's what I envisioned my dream dinner party. I just it's so funny that you said that because I'm not a beach person. I'm really mm. not, but for some reason, dinner party with anyone or anything I want, I'm going sunset on the beach. I'm going to have a big like pagoda style yeah. pavilion thing. And we're going to have like a really good meal. So I, I totally get the beach there. Totally. Mm-hmm. Oh man. I am jealous. That sounds like a nice dinner party. <laughs> I'm excited for you. I hope you get to have that dinner party. Yeah. Me too. That's everyone. I'm like, man, I get people thinking about this. I interviewed someone last week. It was so cute at the end. She was like, Oh, I hope I dream about this dinner party tonight. And I honestly, thought, I was thinking I the same thing. <laughs> I mean, right? Keep thinking about it. Think about it all day. Think about it as you fall asleep. And maybe, just maybe, you'll have your dinner party. Well, tip from me to you. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Elizabeth, last question for you. Tell me where our listeners can, can find you. Where can they connect? Where, where do they find you? So I am on Instagram and Facebook. My handle is at Elizabeth Wygant Wellness. And Elizabeth is with an S. So yeah, I'm there. Um, I, I do have a website. Um, you can reach out to me in there, but it will soon be changing and there will be a redirect anyway, but, um, my website is biolavhealth.com currently, but like it's changing in a couple weeks. (laughs) Well, for now, and and you know what, when, uh, I'll, I'll make sure to put it in the show notes, the new address when, uh, when you have it. Sure. Make sure. Cool. That. That's awesome. Well, Elizabeth, I want to take a minute and thank you. And thank you not just for being here, but for sharing your incredible story, really, of survival. Because it's powerful. It's important, I think, for people to know that they're not alone. And going through something that frightening, traumatic, and life-changing is a big deal. So thank you for sharing that. Thank you for sharing everything that you shared with me today absolutely I have loved it I had so much fun talking with you it was it was fun we need to schedule our next interview though I was just gonna say that we will talk about that because (laughs) you can back on the show you don't have a choice it's gonna happen